0: Today on Blue 58, your Green Bay Packers are NFC North champs again in the top seed in the NFC playoffs by way of a win over the Detroit Lions. Sure, it was a little bit odd at times, but the Packers did what matters most. They won, and now they're on top of the NFC playoff heap. So let's talk about it. Blue 58! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to be with you here for another episode. Congratulations, everybody. The Packers are NFC North champions. Yes, it didn't come through a necessarily dominant performance, but they did what matters most. They got the win, and they ended up on top of the NFC playoff positioning race. A bit of an odd game. I think we can all agree on that. The Packers did by no means play their absolute best on offense or on defense, But they did what they had to do when they had to do it. And ultimately, they came out on top. That's all that matters at this point in the season. Style points are never really a thing in the NFL. But I feel like there are times during the season where how you win matters a little bit. And I feel like that's a lot of how things shake out during the first half of the season. You're trying to establish your identity as a team. You're trying to tell other people who you are as a team. But that's all kind of a distant memory by December. The playoffs, in a lot of ways, have already started. The Packers are playing for positioning now. They've got to keep winning so that they can get that bye and get to the divisional round of the playoffs. Got to keep pace ahead of the Saints, ahead of everybody in the NFC West who's in a dogfight for that spot, you've got to stay ahead of teams like the Vikings, who fell on their face today. Thank, thanks, Vikings. Really appreciate that. That was great. They are in, functionally, playoff mode. And that's why, even if it doesn't look super pretty, I'm inclined to give them a little bit of a break for a game like this. Because it's a game that they know they should win. And it's a game that they ultimately did win. And it's a game where they're playing a team in some unusual circumstances. The Lions are in ultimate nothing-to-lose mode here. Technically, coming into this game, they could still make the playoffs. So they've got something to play for there. They're also out from under the dark shadow that was the end of the Matt Patricia era, the end of the Bob Quinn era. Everybody's playing for jobs right now. Daryl Bevel is coaching for an opportunity to, to get an opportunity to be a head coach. Everybody on the team is playing to either stay in Detroit and keep those big money contracts that they signed or audition for somebody else who might like to sign them to a big contract and help them continue their careers. Teams like that can be dangerous and they can play teams like the Packers pretty tough. The Packers goals in this game are a lot more idealistic, I think, than the Lions. They have a lot less reason to play hungry. A lot less reason to play, just absolutely pedal to the metal, completely full out. Because most of their goals for the regular season have already been accomplished. Playing for seeding is a lot tougher to sell than playing just to get into the playoffs. It's not like the 2010 season where they've got to win right there at the end of the season to get in. It's not like the 2013 season where Aaron Rodgers is coming back from a collarbone injury just for week 17 to see if they can get into the playoffs. Right, this is this is different than that. It's not trying to run the table in 2016. Trying to gain just what it, what is the edge of playing at home in the playoffs? A 5 to 10% edge over your playoff opponent when the Packers in our lifetime in the past decade have gone to the Super Bowl, winning three road games in a row. You start to see stuff like that out there, and it's easy to see why they might not have the same fire as the Lions. But ultimately, the Packers did get the win, and ultimately, I think they played pretty well. So let's talk about some of the good stuff that happened today, starting with the offense taking care of the defense in so many ways, but let's just boil it down to a couple. First, scoring they scored points on five of their seven non-end-of-game drives. And if you count that last drive, the one where they're just trying to run out the clock, they accomplished their goal on six of eight drives. Only two punts today, and they only had eight opportunities to hold the ball. Scoring five times on eight drives, and the eighth drive, you run out the clock and prevent the other team from having a shot at the end there, that's a pretty darn good day at the office. Now those two Down possessions were pretty pretty tough to look at, but overall, this is a great effort from the Packers' offense, and they're taking care of the other parts of their team that are not as consistent. Speaking of taking care of stuff, taking care of the ball, another good thing the Packers did today, no turnovers, no sacks, and other than the two drives where things really bogged down, The only thing that really went poorly was the defense got their hands on four passes, four passes defense for the Lions today. Not ideal, but at least two of them were in situations where they had a good idea what was coming. The Packers like to run out routes on third down and and medium, like five to nine yards or so. The Lions played those really well in a couple of situations. That's maybe as something the Packers want to take a look at, maybe a tendency breaker there. I thought in particular on an out route that Alan Lazard ran that it looked like he really could have. Broken it upfield had they wanted to design a play that way. He sold it really well to the outside, and on the replay, I almost thought that's what they were really trying to do, but that may be something we just file away for later in the season. Maybe that's something they they want to do a little bit more on, on third downs. Then, third real good thing from offense today, balance. Balance, as I define it, and I think this is the best way to think about it, is not doing things the same amount. So I'm not looking for the Packers, if they run 50 offensive plays, to call 25 passes and 25 runs. I don't think that's actually balanced because passing is so much more efficient than running the ball. Balance, to me, is having the scheme and level of execution to be able to to be effective at both things when the time calls for it. So it's a little bit of a convoluted definition to be sure, but I think that's what true balance on offense is. It's not running the same amount of plays as uh, passes and runs. It's being able to run both effectively. And the Packers did that pretty well. They ran well at times. They passed well frequently. It was a balanced effort on offense. Second real good thing today was Robert Tunyon. He is having the best season by a Packers tight end probably ever. Nine touchdowns for him is the most in a season since Bubba Franks in 2001. He's really the first modern tight end the Packers have really been able to say they have in their offense since Jermichael Finley. It is nice to see him have a good game against a team that cut him in the Lions. His late conversion on that that last drive that the Packers were trying to move the ball was an almost mirror image of one of his only two catches that he had as a member of the Lions. Both were in the preseason. And if you want to see video of that, you can check out the Power Sweep's Twitter page. We did a thread of all of his contributions to the Lions the other day. Again, only two catches in his time in Detroit, both in the preseason. One of them was almost exactly like his final catch today. A uh, little bootleg action coming across the formation behind the line of scrimmage, catch it and turn up field. That's what he does really well. He's a big athletic guy. And he used that size and athleticism to get a first down when the Packers really needed one. Third really good thing I thought worth mentioning on offense was Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I've been on as hard on him as anybody, but the Packers really seemed to have a plan today to get him involved, and it worked. Six catches, 85 yards, and an absolutely gorgeous touchdown. Probably my favorite touchdown of his so far this in his career, really. Uh, at least for the at the very least this season, the only competitor that I can really think of was his his big catch and run against the Raiders last season, where he took that out route and turned it upfield, got a great block from Aaron Jones downfield, and sprinted all the way to the end zone on a bad ankle, I might add. But his touchdown catch today, body control, uh, a hands catch versus a body catch, back shoulder throw—that's a communication thing with Aaron Rodgers. That's everything you want from Marquez Valdez-Scantling, on top of being the elite deep threat that he can be. On top of that, he caught all six of the passes that were thrown his way. On top of that, a couple of those catches were situations where he had to work open, finding a soft spot in what appeared to be zone coverage, letting Aaron Rodgers find him, just sitting down in a soft spot. It's great stuff. We mentioned that a couple of weeks ago where he did that really, really well. It's something he's added to his game, and you can really see him developing over the course of this season. Really solid game from MVS, and I think that's all you really want from him. Bad things. I don't want to get too off the rails here because, again, this is about winning at this point in the season, and the Packers being the essentially finished product that they are. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to spend a lot of time harping on things that are not going well that have been issues throughout the season. But the defense and special teams were a tough watch at times today. I don't want to go so far as to say they were necessarily bad, although I think they were bad at times. Uh but I'm I'm at the point where it's like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Like you want to talk penalties for the defense, we can do that. There were a bunch of them. One drive entirely fueled by penalties ended with a Lions touchdown. You want to talk weird approaches? We can do that too. Why the same thing again and again and again on defense? Rush four, drop seven, veteran quarterback picks you apart. Anybody who can read a defense at an above average level has a chance of picking you apart. And somebody like Matthew Safford is probably going to do that if you give him enough time. And there were times today when he had a lot of times. Why an onside kick nightmare again? So much of special teams is just knowing the rules. You can pick up the ball before it goes 10 yards. Only the the kicking team has to wait 10 yards. You can grab it at any time. They just don't seem to know that. A miscue or just a meltdown on defense or special teams, is going to be what knocks the Packers out of the playoffs, if it comes to that. If their offense has a down day, it's gonna. the Packers are going to leave the playoffs because the defense did what they do so often, or the special teams gives up another punt return touchdown. I feel bad even bringing it up, but it's part of the story of this game. The Packers' defense messed up or just didn't execute very well, very consistently. I think that's the, the the biggest and most important word that I would use to describe the Packers defense is inconsistent. It's not that they can't even be good at times. There were drives here in this Lions game. I got the the, the drive charts up in front of me. Three plays, seven yards. Six plays, 16 yards. Six plays, 25 yards. Three plays, four yards. I mean, those are great results for the defense, but then you've got 11 plays, 75 yards, touchdown, 11 plays, 85 yards, touchdown, 13 plays, 52 yards, touchdown. I mean, how do you reconcile those two things? How are you so good you force a three and out and then 85 yards over 11 plays? It just doesn't add up to me. How can you be that inconsistent? What is, what's wrong with your approach that, that things are going that poorly? Bottom line, though, is this. What does this game mean? First and foremost, the Packers are NFC North champions again. This is the 11th time they've won the North since the NFC North was created. Everybody else has eight between them. Take that Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota. Packers got 11. You all have eight. Split them up however you like. This is Matt LaFleur's 10th win against the NFC North over two seasons. Packers are currently 10-1 and versus the NFC North in the Matt LaFleur era. The Packers have won 62% of their games against the NFC North over the past five years now. Saints also lost today, so the Packers are currently the top seed in the NFC North right now. This is, again, why it matters that we are past the points where style points should even be a consideration in the Packers' schedule, in anybody's schedule. They aren't real anyway, and all that matters at this point is seeding. Get the wins, get that bye, stay at home in the playoffs. I like the Packers' chances way better against any of these teams that are playing well in the NFC right now at Lambeau Field than I do on the road. Even if the Packers do play pretty well in the Dome, I like Drew Brees having to throw in a tough win at Lambeau Field. Even if the Rams are playing pretty well right now, I like Jared Goff having to play in the weather on the road, in the playoffs. I just like the advantage that the Packers have being at Lambeau Field, potentially with no fans, just doing what they do well. So get that by, get that home field advantage, make the playoffs come to you. What's up next? Packers are going to host the Carolina Panthers next Saturday at Lambeau Field. This is the third time in five years the Packers will have played a regular season game on a Saturday. In 2016, they played the Vikings in Week 16 on a Saturday, they won thirty eight to twenty five in twenty seventeen. They also played the Vikings in week sixteen on a Saturday and they lost sixteen to nothing. We won't talk about that. Today, the Panthers lost to the Broncos thirty-two to twenty-seven. They are now four and nine on the season. Bit of a tough go there with their rookie head coach in his first year. Just some thoughts about the game today. Aaron Rodgers now has an adjusted net yards per attempt of eight point one five cumulatively cumulatively. Over his past 16 games, that is the highest 16-game chunk for Rodgers since the midpoint of the 2015 season. He is back to NFC for, or NF and not NFC MVP form. He's playing well, and he's doing it over a sustained period of time. Packers had a couple strange and interesting formations today. Very first offensive play, Alan Lazard motioned in from being split out wide to line up behind the left guard. And the Packers ran what appeared to be an RPO out to uh, Devontae Adams on the right side, picked up about five yards. It reminded me of something that Mike Sherman actually used to do with the Packers uh, with Bubba Franks. He lined them up kind of inside when they needed some extra help as a as a blocker when they were having some serious offensive line issues. That kind of held over into the Mike McCarthy era. Uh, the Packers did something similar with Aaron Rodgers under center, I, th- I believe, and uh, had Lazard motion in as like a quasi-tight end there. Uh, then on the Lions' fourth offensive drive, the Packers rolled out a defensive front of Zadarius Smith, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster, and Cl- Kenny Clark. So the Packers typically like to go three edges, one defensive lineman. This is the reverse of that, one edge rusher, three defensive linemen um in this formation Zadarius Smith and Kenny Clark were the ends uh Zadarius standing up on the left side as you're looking at the offense uh and Clark with his hand down on the right side with uh with Lowry and Lancaster on the inside as the tackles I just thought that was interesting it wasn't particularly effective if memory serves but the Packers are trying some different things on defense back on that same drive the Lions were throwing absolutely everything at the Packers and this was just classic We've got nothing to lose. Football. We're just going to show you everything that we've got. Let it all hang out. Why not? You're what it was at five and six coming in. Five and seven. Might as well show show people what you can do on the, on the fourth drive, with some penalties mixed in. They had a a, a series that featured this group of six plays. They did, ran a screen pass to the left. Uh, they ran a deep shot. Um, play that it might have involved a a free play there so that may not have been the the strict play call but they went went super super deep Uh, they had a play action bootleg play they ran a flea flicker and then they did two more screen passes back to back just constant movement stuff going all over the formation and again might as well Packers did not handle that particularly well by the way they ended up giving up a touchdown on that drive Tavon Austin was active for the first time today. By my count, he touched the ball four times. He had two catches for three yards, one punt return for two yards, and one fair catch. Relatively nondescript um, statistically, but he didn't screw it up, which is all you're asking for from him at the very least. A.J. Dillon was also active but did not touch the ball today. That is fine with me. I think you got to ease him back in slowly, and there is a chance that uh, whatever symptoms he had of his bout with COVID-19 may last for some time. Even if he is not testing positive anymore, there may may still be some carryover there for the rest of the season, and who knows how long after that as we continue to learn more about this disease. I, I expect he will be more involved At some point in the relatively near future, hopefully sooner rather than later, I think the Packers would like to have more than two functional running backs on their roster. And uh, right now, there's not a whole lot else in the way of options on the roster. Back to Aaron Rodgers here for a second. This was the fourth time this season he was not sacked. But Mark Schlereth, the color guy for Fox today, uh, made an interesting note, and I wanted to bring it up with you. He said that last week, and for multiple times this season, actually, Aaron Rodgers did not scramble. Uh said that scrambles were defined as a designed pass play that ends with the quarterback running. And this is a good example why it's important to take every single stat, you hear every single one of them, absolutely everything, with a grain of salt. Because last week, Aaron Rodgers did scramble once. There was a passing play where he ended up rolling out to his left. He was going to run, but he slid when a pass rusher started coming his way and he slid before he got back to the line. A mistake that he noted after the game, he said it was a mistake because he didn't want it to count as a sack for the offensive line. Now he was trying to scramble there. He was trying to, but just because he didn't reach the line, it doesn't count as a scramble. It doesn't go down as a rushing attempt. It goes down as a sack instead, and therefore it doesn't count as a scramble and doesn't make it into account there that Schlereth cited. Technically, that stat is still correct because he didn't make it to the line of scrimmage, but he was trying as hard as he could to scramble there. And if it was up to him, he would have made it to the line of scrimmage. He just gave himself up a little bit earlier. Something that you should keep in the back of your mind whenever you hear a stat um, cited during the broadcast or anywhere else, even on this podcast. Darnell Savage, no picks today. Ends his interception streak at two games, but he did have a sack. That means his ball hawk streak. That stat that we track about making plays on the ball is now up to six games. Has made a play on a ball, a sack, a pass defense, a fumble forced, or an interception in six straight games. Slowly but surely, he is coming along. And his 2019 first-round draft mate is also coming along very nicely. I'm talking about Rashawn Gary. His sack in the first half got me very excited. All athleticism, all hustle, he has athleticism in spades. He didn't always have the hustle last year, but this year it's been there. He is now now has five sacks on the season. That meets my low-end prediction for him, and I think the sky is the limit for Rashawn Gary. He may never be a super refined pass rusher, probably never going to be a technician uh, with with hand placement or moves and counter moves and stuff like that, but when it's pure athleticism, when it's just about hustle and drive, He's showing that he can make plays that way. And he made a good one today. And he's getting rewarded with those those box score counting stats as a result. So I've got for you on this episode, enjoy the NFC North Championship. Got a lot to be excited about with this Packers team. And hey, I just want to point out that with the Packers now officially in the playoffs, we have four Packers games guaranteed to us. We have three regular season games remaining. They have at least one playoff game. If they win, who knows? We could have at least six, right? Divisional championship and Super Bowl. If they drop to the wild card round, we could have as many as seven Packers games remaining this season. Point is, it's not many. It's at least four. We're hoping for more than that, but we're not going to get more unless they keep winning. It's only four. And then it's a long wait until next football season. Whatever happens in the playoffs, remember that this is supposed to be fun and savor the ride with this team. This has been a lot of fun so far this season. Aaron Rodgers is having a lot of fun. Everybody on the team seems to be having a lot of fun. And I hope you're having fun too. Even with the warts on this team, it's a great team to watch. It's a lot of fun. Let's have fun together. And if this podcast has been fun for you, Share it with somebody you think would enjoy it because that's going to help us continue to grow this conversation we're having around the Packers and ultimately help everybody become smarter Packers fans, me included, because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We will see you next time on Blue 58.